Football and Saints podcast presented by CP for Friday, January 29th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined as usual by my co-host, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, John DeShazer. And on today's show, we have two very special guests from WGNO. We have Ed Daniels, and we also have iconic New Orleans sports broadcaster Ro Brown joining us to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Archie Manning being drafted by the New Orleans Saints on January 28th, 1971. So gentlemen, we have people who listen to this from all age ranges, all walks of life from different demographics. So briefly, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a brief uh, intro on your yourself and background ed we'll start with you okay uh well i um i saw archie manning uh play a bunch and as a as a child um sugar bowl against arkansas in 1970 i believe and watched him a bunch on television and um i'm a new orleans native born here at uh, baptist hospital back in 1957 and i Went to Rummel and then Loyola. I spent two years at KPLC in Lake Charles and uh, spent some time with Mr. Brown over there. We were reunited at WDSU. And then in 1992, I came to WGNO and I have been here. Um, this is coming up my 30th year as the sports director here. So um, it's been a fun ride. And um, Archie Manning was a, was a big part of my life growing up, and I'm excited to be here to talk about him. We're excited to have you, Ro. Do you want to Friday get night football, Friday night football, shameless plug. Throw it in. I was, yeah. was going to do it. I was going to do it for him. Yep. <laughs> you beat me to it, J.D. I was going to do that. Yep. Well, you know, this is, our, this is our 30th year coming up, and uh, I'm very excited about it. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to uh, believe that uh, those kind of uh, things – uh, kind of go on for that long. I remember being at the at the Saints camp in Lacrosse, Wisconsin, and there was a junior quarterback who was in the media room hanging out. His name was Peyton Manning. And I said, "Hey, Peyton, this year we're doing a high school football show at 10:30," and he said, "Oh, really?" And I said, "Yep." And then all of a sudden, Peyton Manning was a junior, and uh, we we were chronicling his highlights every Friday night. And of course, then he moved on, and we've had many since and. Last year or two years ago, we had our first gold jacket in Canton, who was part of our program, and that's Ed Reed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been it's been a it's been a crazy ride. And next week, we'll find out about Peyton and maybe Reggie Wayne as well. Ooh, that is a lot of sports history that you guys are a part of, right there, Ed and Roe. Roe, if you would briefly give us some background on you as well. Real brief. I'm a native New Orleanian, Lower Ninth Ward. As Ernie Cato would say, I'm a charity hospital baby. Uh, you know, educated in Orleans Parish Public Schools. Oh, let's see. Uh, four years in the Navy as a hospital corpsman. I got out of the Navy, met Edward Hilton Daniels III at Loyola University. Then uh, we worked together at uh, WDSU-TV. And as he said before that, at KPLC in Lake Charles. Uh, hmm. I uh, work for the Sports Foundation and uh, event producers and uh, just uh, WBOK radio right now. I like to tell people I'm kind of halfway retired. And like I said, just a native New Orleanian who grew up loving sports and having parents who encouraged me to love sports and to read and to find out about things and uh, first Saints game, all that good stuff. I actually was one of the 80,000 people there on September 17th, 1967. And uh, 
that's about it. Ditto me. I was there too. Yep. Mm -hmm. what, a, what a great day. An incredible well, day. North end zone. Sun burned out of our minds the next day going to school. Remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was in the south end zone with my dad, Section P. Uh, we we have fun. a lot of Wolfpack pride on this call right now. And before we get to JD real quick, uh, we did. Uh, I did a podcast earlier this summer with Roe recapping uh, iconic training camps. And he is the one that notified me or really made me aware that they used to have to take the film that they caught at practice and drive it to the airport <laughs> to get it to the news stations when he told me that i just want you guys to know that my mind could have literally exploded out of my head because that is just crazy to think about in this day and age like driving film to the airport how crazy hey, hey look here's the deal when the saints were in bureau beach mm. if you wanted your tape if there was breaking news in the morning at practice and if you wanted your tape to make it at five and six o'clock it had to be the courier had to pick it up at like noon and your, all your stuff had to be done. The courier was at the door to run it to, uh, to Vero, to the airport. And then it would go from Vero to Atlanta and Atlanta to New Orleans on Delta Dash, counter to counter. And you would have to run somebody out there. And if it was a 4 or 4.15 flight, you'd have to run somebody out there with a live truck, pick it up <laughs> at the counter, bring it and put it in the truck and feed it back to the station. Yep. <laughs> to make it. And, and, you know, people think that is that is uh, so bizarre. But, you know, I remember being in Omaha, Nebraska, and UNO played there in 1984. And I would have to work all night doing my editing after a game and then get my stuff to the Delta Dash counter at like 7 a.m. to make sure it got back to New Orleans for the early newscasts. So that was. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't I'm, I'm i'm sorry to say i know i know it sounds like the flintstones but it but it wasn't that long ago i don't think no no absolutely no 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 no. i mean i saw the national geographic show where there was a, um a, a rendering on the on the wall with ed and bro on there <laughs> it was just just telling how they used to do it <laughs> no. well, you know what but in 2014 john I was at the Roman Coliseum with my wife, and I said, I feel like I've been here before. Maybe I've been here in the past. <laughs> These guys know as much about uh, know Archie Manning the same as anyone. So, you know, if you, if you just kind of harken back to, uh, you know, what your memories were of him, not, not as a player, but so much, but I guess the feeling of when he was drafted. Because, I mean, it's obviously different now. You come in such expectations as, as a first round draft choice. But back then, you know, I saw where Archie got the call and, and you know, found out he was a first round pick by the Saints and then went to class. <laughs> and now <laughs> totally different. So, you know, what were the expectations then? What was, were they kind of, you know, this is a guy who can save a franchise? Bro, well, good. You know, you know, JD, it's uh, the short answer to that is yes. Cause you think about it, this was 1971. So the Saints were, what, four or five years old. This was the first time that this franchise and people who were following this franchise actually had a draft choice that they felt would be a real difference maker, okay? As Ed knows, the first draft choice the Saints came up with was Les Kelly, okay? You guys probably don't even know who he was. You know, he was the very first first round draft choice. Then you had people like Kevin Hardy, remember Ed, who never played here because Pete Rosell took him away because the Saints signed 
Dave Parks. Uh, John Shinners, a guard from Xavier. These were the first round draft picks for this team. Ooh. And then boom, 1971, Archie Manning. You know, a guy who had become a national collegiate star, you know, because of uh, primetime television and all that good stuff. And a guy from the area, a close to the area right here. So the Saints are thinking marketing and everything, Mississippi fans coming in, a guy who was a god in the state just east of Louisiana. So this was the first really serious big splash draft choice the Saints had among their first rounders. Because all their first rounders before, uh, Kenny Burrow was, I think, the year before him. So that was a pretty good one. But most of them were duds. This one really hit, and that's why he was important. Ed? Well, you know, uh, one of the things I remember more, more than anything else was, you know, I called my daughter after, after, after you guys reached out to me. I called my daughter, and I said, do you still have the sweatshirt, Archie is a Saint? Because there were a bunch of sweatshirts and T-shirts that were out that said Archie is the saint. And it was such a big deal. And I called her and I said, do you, because she, she pilfered it from me about 10 years ago. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm taking that. So she's got it at her house, but I, 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 I wanted to call and make sure because that is a, that is a piece of memorabilia. And, um, you know, it was, it was just a giant thing. The only thing I can ever even equate it to was in 2006 when the saints drafted Reggie Bush. I'll never forget uh, the the way the city went berserk over Reggie. And um, I think that's the same way it was with Archie, but this was before this was before instant TV, instant satellite TV. I remember we were in the in the tent across from the Saints camp at that draft party over there and the people went insane when uh, Houston uh, drafted Mario Williams because mm -hmm. that meant the Saints got Reggie Bush. That's the only thing I can really equate it to. But, you know, Archie was just gigantic. Yeah. One, one more, too. I'd I, I throw Ricky Williams in there, too, if you remember that day. Remember? Yeah, that, was a, that was a little more infamous, though. I mean, you know, that was I, a little yeah, more. Well, it turned out to be infamous. But yeah. on that day, you know. On that day, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, you know, I, I, think, I think at least with the whole Ricky thing, maybe there were a few skeptics. But not, mm -hmm. but not, but not many. And you know, every once in a while, a a player who has such a huge persona comes to your franchise. And you know, Kansas City's got it right now. Patrick Mahomes right. is 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 a guy who has who has changed their franchise. You know, uh, Tom Brady has obviously changed Tampa's franchise. But Archie was the guy who was supposed to do that for us. The, the problem was, you know, if, if he had had the Saints organization now in place then, he would have been surrounded by very good players. Right. And they would have won a lot. Mm -hmm. But he was, he was a, in my opinion, and I know a lot of people in New Orleans always blame the quarterback for everything. But in my opinion, he was a great, great player on a bad, bad team for many years. Mm-hmm. No, I got I got to cut in line in front of Caroline here for one second because when Roe mentioned when Roe mentioned Ricky Williams, my memory of Ricky Williams draft was you know the joyousness of it because as a journalist it was the easiest draft ever to cover. They Terry tripped it all. You got rid so of everybody. We got, to go home. <laughs> we got to go home. So we were like, hey, all right, if this is the way it's going to be every year. Let's do it. So we were all for that that day. <laughs> 
Go ahead, Ed. Sorry. Well, you know, I mean, I, you know, the, the, the Ricky thing, I, I just look back on it years later and go, and you know, it's one of those things in your life that you go, did that really just happen? You know? <laughs> and I mean, there's some there's some good things in life that 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 surprise the heck out of you that are just great things that come along. But but every once in a while, I'm just reminded of that time, and I'm like, holy smoke, did that, did that tell me that didn't happen? But it did. It oh, did. Well. Well, gentlemen, I want to take it back uh, briefly. Ro, you mentioned um, Archie Manning, and, and we know him now as, you know, Saints Hall of Famer. Everyone knows the Manning name. Everyone knows about Archie Manning, uh, Saints Ring of Honor member. But you talked about him being on that first primetime game ever, first nationally televised game. When did the hype around Archie Manning begin? Well, the hype, I guess, locally. See, I remember there was a game, and Ed probably remembers this, where he kind of came, burst on the scene regionally in Baton Rouge when they beat LSU mm. at night. I think when he was like a sophomore. Okay, yes. And that was really the first time that I'd ever heard of him. And I saw this guy who's big for a quarterback at that time, who could run for a quarterback at the time, who could throw. I mean, just a true triple threat guy. So that's the first time he kind of came into my mind and uh but as you said caroline with that alabama game uh, i remember watching that on uh, television on saturday nights on abc you know it was 32 30 uh, 32 whatever at 33 32 and they just went up and down the field and you know archie had such a tremendous game that night so did scott hunter on the other side uh you know but one thing i want to say about the whole archie manning in 1971 Thing, to give people some perspective on it and to give some people some perspective who are around then who may not have thought about this. Uh, Archie Manning is one of the nicest people I've ever met. I mean, I have my own personal story of why, you know, I love Archie Manning and his children and his wife and all that. I'll get to that. But you got to remember, this was 1971. And Archie Manning went to Ole Miss. And a lot of Black people didn't root for Ole Miss anything about anything and that means a lot of saints fans because the saints have always had a lot of african-american fans probably a larger fan base than most nfl teams so in 1971 they draft this guy who is the prince of old miss and well as i said black people didn't vote didn't cheer for old miss and so that made some that put some things in some heads of some African-Americans. It really didn't bother me at the time as a, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old, whatever I was, uh, I understood why. But, you know, you gotta understand this was just nine years before James Meredith, you know, when they had a riot at school when they're trying to get him to come in. It was just five or six years before the Freedom Summer, you know, where they killed three uh, school rights workers. So for black people in this area, that's what Mississippi meant to them. And so now you've got the biggest star out of this state coming to be the leader of your pro football team, you know, never played on a team with an African-American Archie had at that point, because Ole Miss didn't have a black athlete football player until the year after. So I think, you know, when you look at Archie Manning now, even with the way things have changed, I think it says a lot about him is that for the most part, nobody has anything bad to say about Archie Manning after 50 years. 
No one. I don't know any teammate that I ever heard say anything bad about Archie Manning. Okay. And, and I think just that's just a perspective I want to give that wasn't thought about then. Yeah. Okay. The 1971 draft, I mean, you know, there were also, there were four players from historically black colleges and universities that went in the first round of that draft. Three of them came from Louisiana HBCUs, two from Grambling and one from Southern in that first round. So black fans looking at that, well, why didn't they draft Isaiah Robertson? Why didn't they draft Frank Lewis, who was the eighth player selected? So, I mean, and people understood he was a quarterback and all, but that's some of the perspective that people don't remember. And I think that to me, that strengthens even more what Archie Manning has become to some people. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. But yeah, absolutely. And do you want to follow up on when you noticed the hype surrounding uh, Archie Manning begin? Well, you know, it was pretty interesting uh, being in Louisiana and uh, at the time uh, thinking about, uh, you know, Roe talks about Archie as a sophomore, but as a junior at Ole Miss, they played LSU in Jackson. Mm-hmm. And that's when Ole Miss played in Mississippi State, still played all their games, most of them anyhow, in Jackson, mm-hmm. not in Starkville or Oxford. Mm-hmm. So that year, LSU had one of their best teams ever. And they were, they were beating Ole Miss 23-12 to 12 in the second half. And Archie uh, drove them to two touchdowns, and they beat LSU that year. And that was a 9-1 LSU team yeah. that thought it was going to the Cotton Bowl and, um, and wound up being left out going because they were waiting for a Cotton Bowl bid, and Notre Dame took it. Notre yeah. Dame changed their bowl policy at the last minute, and then Notre Dame took that bid, and LSU stayed home without a bowl game. Now, that was a potentially an LSU team that could have won a national championship. If, if, if not for the rally uh, against uh, LSU by Ole Miss, led by Archie, then, um, mm-hmm. you know, LSU's playing for a national title. They're 10-0. They're unbeaten. They're right there in the mix. So it was kind of a dilemma in this way, too, because a lot of the LSU fans had to pull for Archie. And they, and they, had, a, they had a visceral hate for Archie, and it wasn't right. about him. It was about what he did on the field. Uh, you know, he, he beat them two of the three years. And I think that a lot of people in Baton Rouge will never forget the 69 team because that was an LSU team that really could have won a national championship and instead was nine and one and stayed home. And that was a, a gigantic disappointment. And then, you know, a year and a half later, he's the face of the franchise in New Orleans. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty interesting <laughs> dynamic. But, you know, Archie had a – Archie – and still does. I mean, he had a personality that, um, you know, he got along with everybody and uh, he was, he's, he was just a, a good guy. And uh, you know, anybody who, you know, he's just hard not to like, he's just a good man. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Ed, you, I think you mentioned Ed, how, how, you know, if he'd have been, if he'd come along now with this same infrastructure, how much better of a, a team and a player he would have been. But Oh my goodness. Even then, you know, what are the, the memories of him as a player, as a Saint, even though, you know, we got, we know he got, you know, beat up pretty good as a Saints player. <laughs> you know, what are the memories of him as a Saints player? Well, because obviously he had some outstanding years. Well, you know, John, there's one game that I, I have never seen this kind of unmitigated joy at a Saints game, other than maybe the NFC championship game. All right. And it was this game. They played the Rams in the opener in 1971. And it was Archie's first game. And he drove the Saints down the field in the final minutes. And he was doing what he always did, scrambling. 
I mean, the Rams had the Fearson forced them. I, that defensive line, he had he had four Hall of Fame guys chasing him, or at least three, and he was running all over the place. And he got them down to the one yard line. And uh, J.D. Roberts, who was the Saints' coach, decided to go for the touchdown. And they they ran they ran off to the left. And if you go back and look at the video, it was real close as to whether he made it or not before the ball popped out. But the the I, I think it might have been a little bit of a hometown call. The officials put their hands up and signal touchdown. And it was, it was amazing to watch uh, 84,000 people at Tulane stadium go berserk that day. So to me, that'll be a day that I'll, that I'll remember uh, always. I think it's funny when you hear stories about draft day and you mentioned it, that Archie went back to class. I think he said he walked in the building at 9 a.m. and then he walked out at 945 and went to his 10 o'clock class. You think of draft days now. I mean, we had to do it virtually this year, but guys are wearing robes. They're pulling up in Bentleys and things like that. And Archie Manning received a phone call the day before that. Oh, hey, the draft is tomorrow. You should probably come by and then goes to class that night. I mean, just the change over the years is pretty. uh Pretty hysterical. He might have opted out. Who knows? He might not have played his last year. Yeah, man. <laughs> here's, you know, here's my first, you know, my first encounter with Archie Manning. And Ed, you'll appreciate this. WLDC. Uh, Loyola Communications. Uh, our campus radio and television station. Okay. I go down to set to Saints game on Sunday afternoon, cover the game. WLDC, you know, got my little tape recorder, all that, you know, little cheap tape recorder from, you know, campus radio station. <laughs> Go in the locker room and, you know, of course he's the quarterback, so there's a group of people around him and, you know, and so on and so forth. I get there, my little tape recorder won't work. So I'm fooling with it, trying to get it to work, trying to get it to work. Interview is going on. Crowd of people are there around this locker room. Can't, can't get it to work. Can't get it to work. So everybody's gone. I still can't get it to work. And I finally get it to work and I look up and he's standing there wow. in front of me, waiting for me <laughs> to get back. You know, I am a college, you know, a, a campus radio station. This man has never seen me in his life. Okay. He is a starting quarterback in the National Football League. In all due respect to all these great quarterbacks, and we all can name some of them. I don't think any of them would have stood there and waited for a college campus radio station reporter to get his equipment working. And that man stood there and just waited and smiled when I finished. I did my interview and I walked away. How am I supposed to feel about Archie Manning the rest of my life? Yeah. Yeah. He says it to me. Yeah. yeah. That's a fantastic story. Um, well, gentlemen, with with the unfortunate record that and the team that Archie had, you know, they didn't go to the playoffs until he was gone. But with that being said, why was he so popular to Saints fans, to people in Louisiana and New Orleans? Why was he so prominent in this city? What was it about him? Was it just simply the fact that he was a nice guy? Ed, we can start with you. Well, you know, I think from 1971 to really – 1981 or 82 he was the saints only hope and and what what people don't remember is 78 79 the saints had an offense that sean payton 
and Drew Brees and Pete Carmichael and everyone in the building would have been proud of. It was a great Saints offense. They had uh, Tony Galbraith and Chuck Muncie, thunder and lightning. They had uh, Henry Childs, who's a great tight end. Wes Chandler, who was a great player, who was traded and went on the great things in San Diego. Conrad Dobler and JT uh, Taylor on their offensive line. Ike Harris. Ike Harris, who was a really good wide receiver, kind of like a, a Colston guy and very tall target, really good player. So the Saints were elite offensively in 78 and 79, but they were so bad defensively. They just never could get it together. So all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're seven and nine and eight and eight and back-to-back years. And I know a lot of people thought, that in 80, they would break through and, and finally, you know, be a playoff team. And it, and it didn't happen. And I think that kind of started the transition to bum and then Archie eventually left, but really for about 10 years, it was, um, well, we may not be very good, but we always have a chance because we have Archie. Yeah. You know, and then, and, and I, I just felt that, that he was the, he was the glue that kind of, to kind of held it together because man, it was just so, you know, all the, all the, the, the young people, uh, if you're, let's see, what is it? Nine, 2021. If you're, if you're 20 years old right now, you have no high idea how tough it was to follow the saints for most of the first 35 years. You have no clue. Yeah. I mean, it's like something that happened in Rome. <laughs> or in Peloponnesia or whatever. I mean, this is this is this is BC football, not AD. You know. What do you and, mean, Ed? We've been not playing playoffs the last four years. I'm miserable. Come on. Now. I understand. Exactly. You know. You know. <laughs> you know what? You got to put it. In, you got to put it in perspective. So <laughs> Archie was the guy. He was the hope. Yeah. If we didn't have Archie. What did we have? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, and I think about that now, Ed, when I think about, you know, doing a radio show every day and people will call and talk about how this Saints team is in such disarray (laughs) in the midst of seasons of 11 and 5, 13 and 3, 13 and 3, and 12 and 4. And franchise is just in disarray. I don't understand, you know. How will they ever recover? (laughs) I, I just, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, it's just a different perspective. And look, the, the, the playoff losses have been, um, um, you know, I mean, at times, anytime mm-hmm. you lose in the playoffs, it's bad, but some of them have been downright uh, gut wrenching. Right. You know, you know, we still have people here in the office every day who are talking about the, the game against the Rams. We still have people in here talking about that every day. And that happened two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but, but if you're, if you're a young saints fan, you, you just, you, you don't know, you know, it's kind of like if you're, if you're a young Cubs fan and you woke up and you saw 2016 and you said, oh, okay, this is, this is the way it should be. No, mm-hmm. you don't remember all those other years. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing. And Archie was our guy. He was, he was the glue. If we didn't have Archie, you know, I, holy smoke, I don't know where we'd be. Yeah. And the fans treated the Saints like a college team at that time, you know, from 67 yeah. on, I think, until uh, maybe a little bit after, until maybe the early 80s, you know, uh, as long as we could gather, we could eat, we could drink, 
we could cheer. And as long as they, as long as they tried hard and as long as they came close and if they won five or six or whatever, Hey, we're cool. We're cool. That, that's, that was pretty much the idea. You know, there's always next year. I remember, I remember on Buddy Deliberto's show on WWL radio, some guy called in the late eighties and I'm driving back from the game and we had done the, we had done the post game interviews and I'm hustling back to the station and it's like quarter to five and I've got to get some tape on for five fifteen. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of driving a, a little bit of an increased speed down Poydra street to get to the station. And I hear some guy say, buddy, I think the saints are going to the super bowl. And buddy asked the guy, he said, what hospital are you calling from? <laughs> and, and, and that, that was that era where it was, if you talk about the Saints in the Super Bowl, like this year it was Super Bowl or bust, right? That was the that was the expectation. You know, if you if you actually thought that 30 years ago, you were you were you were labeled as some kind of unstable individual. I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Guys, the, you things, know. the things they are hearing, fans are hearing now about the Houston Texans organization. Yeah. Triple it. Yeah. Triple it. Okay, you know, I mean, it was that bad. It, it was that bad. And uh, that says it. JD, go ahead. You, you guys know Archie, and, and of course, he's in the Ring of Honor and Saints Hall of Fame and all that good stuff. But do you have a sense of him knowing his place in Saints history? Like, he, because he's kind of an all shucks kind of guy. Does he, does he have a sense of his place in Saints history? Hmm. You know, I think he does. Yeah, I, I, I think he, I, I think he does. I think that, uh, you know, I think the the fact that he's he's had his home here all these years. I think, um, you know, I, I, I think he does. I, I think, you know, but to me, he's so wrapped up in what his kids have done, in a good way, yeah. and now with his grandson, you know, when you when you, when you think about it, John. He was the second pick in the NFL draft, all right? And both of his sons were picked in front of him. I mean, you know, when you think of the odds of that, okay, that's like winning Mega Millions and Powerball on the same weekend, Friday and Saturday, to be the second pick in the draft and both of your children are picked ahead of you. And, you know, there's always that chance that Arch could be the first pick in the NFL draft. And, you know, it's, it's, and I think those are the things like, you know, I think Peyton is going to be a hall of famer without a doubt next weekend. He's going to, he's going to, he's on the ballot for the first time and there's, he's going to get in. And I think that fires Archie up more than anything else to know uh, what is, what his boys have accomplished. I mean, they, they've got between them, they've got four Super Bowl championships. I think that I think that's the thing that really that really I think his family, he's a great family man, and I think his family motivates him more than anything else. Did Archie I don't, wear a I don't think Archie up? thinks just real shortly, I don't think Archie really thinks of where he falls in Saints history. I think that he's reached a point now, you know, in his life. And I think with other people, kind of like what you just said, Ed, he he's not he, he's kind of thought of as more than a football player now. Okay, and, and that might include Peyton and Eli's daddy, okay, and, and perhaps Arch's grandfather. 
And, you know, and I think he's fine with that. He's fine with that. And he's fine with the way that people, you know, feel about him in the city of New Orleans and in this area. And I mean, he's earned that feeling that people have for him and he's earned it honestly because, you know, I just can't say it. I just think that there's some of the nicest people I've ever met, you know, I think Olivia and I don't see them every day and I don't talk to them, but you know, I just, and from what other people say, I have a lot of stories about what people said about Archie Manning. I mean, who are, you know, people who are current players and, you know, their families and how the Mannings have reached out to them in certain difficult times in their lives when, you know, you, you wouldn't even know that Archie Manning knew these people. But so, I, I mean, that's what I think he's proudest of and that's what he should be. I mean, there's absolutely, without a doubt, a Manning legacy, not only in Louisiana, but throughout the entire NFL. Everyone knows that name. And so, um, mm -hmm. gentlemen, we appreciate your time coming on, celebrating the 50th anniversary of Archie Manning being drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Ed Daniels, Ro Brown, my co-host, John DeShazer. Uh, thanks so much for the insight, and we appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. We've enjoyed being with you. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Thanks so much, Saints fans, for listening to the Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast. Hopefully that was some welcomed insight on Archie Manning as we celebrate his 50th anniversary since being drafted by the New Orleans Saints. If you want another interview, you can go to neworleansaints.com backslash video. We have a video called This Day in Saints History. Archie Manning drafted by the New Orleans Saints. It features an interview with Archie Manning and it is narrated by our own Joel Myers. So you don't want to miss that video. Uh, if you want another perspective on uh, Archie Manning being drafted by the New Orleans Saints, you can hear it from the man himself. Also earlier this week, we spoke with Sean Fazan to highlight the Senior Bowl, which is going to be going on on Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Central in Mobile, Alabama at the University of South Alabama. You can watch that game on NFL Network. Uh, there are a few uh, LSU players that are partaking in this year's Senior Bowl, so be sure to check them out, support them. You have nothing else to do on Saturday afternoon, of course. No football, no NFL football this weekend. We have to wait till next weekend to watch the Chiefs take on the Buccaneers, but uh, some Senior Bowl football for you on Saturday. All right, from Caroline Gonzalez, John Shager, Ed Daniels, Roe Brown, thanks so much for joining us on the Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Steve.